Inspiration Adventist Reflections. Now, to discuss character building ideas, here is your host, Dr. Denzi. Hi family, welcome back to the Adventist Reflections podcast. Today is lesson 12, which is titled, To Love Mercy. Let me share with you a quote from the book, My Life Today, which in page 53, it says, No member of the family can enclose himself within himself, where other members of the family shall not feel his influence and spirit. The very expression of the countenance has an influence for good or evil. His spirits, his words, his actions, his attitude towards others are unmistakable. If he is filled with the love of Christ, he will manifest courtesy, kindness, tender regard for the feeling of others, and he will communicate to his associates by his acts of love and tender, grateful, happy feeling. It will be made manifest that he is living for Jesus. He will be able to say to the Lord, Thy gentleness hath made me great. So today I would like us to reflect on two aspects. Number one, the tension, maybe there's a tension, I don't know, but the tension between the kingdom and the practical needs of people. And number two, ministry fatigue. And to unpack these ideas, I welcome back again, Catalina. Catalina, how are you going today? I'm well. I'm blessed. You're blessed. <laughs> awesome. That's amazing. Uh, I'm blessed too. Thank Putting you for this thing to you. Yes, yes. Remember, guys, hashtag I'm blessed. Just make it viral. I'll put the hashtag on all of the posts that we do now, and 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 that will be that will be that will follow until Jesus Christ comes. Yeah. So. Amen. The kingdom versus the need here and now. And let me unpack a bit because maybe this is puzzling everybody who is listening right now. Uh, what, what is he talking about? What are they talking about? Matthew 6, 25 to 33. And we're not going to read it, but you go ahead and read it if you have time. If you're driving, don't do that. When Whenever you stop. But Matthew 6, 25 to 33 says, God looks after all his creation. I'm summarizing. He says, you know, he looks at the little bears. He looks after the flowers. Everything is looked after by him. And the passage concludes that those who worry about all these practical needs are actually the wicked. And the followers of Christ should not worry at all about their physical needs because God has them all covered up. He covered them all. And then God says, but seek ye the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all those physical needs will be met by the suffer, they will they will be added unto you. We we all know that kind of passage at the end. This is the question that I have. This is the one idea that I would like us to reflect on because the the lesson is encouraging us to to love mercy and to be merciful and to pass that mercy on. We've been talking about this whole idea for the past eleven lessons about passing on God's mercy and justice. But there are two things here. If we are not to worry about our physical needs. If we are not to worry, if we are not to worry about being hungry, about being, about needing clothing, shelter, etc., because God covers such needs, why do we have to worry about doing such stuff ourselves? Why do I have to worry about meeting somebody else's needs? Isn't that God's job? 
What do you think? So I think it's a really challenging question. And when you know you you sent through the study notes, I thought to myself, I'm like, wow, this is such a good question. I think we have to put it in the context of what is our purpose here? Okay. As yeah. Christians. Uh-huh. Is it just to be very content and satisfied? We've got salvation and we have a God that will provide all our needs. Mm. And I think yes. But as a result, I think God continues to give us a tenderness and to be very sensitive to other people's suffering. Mm. And when we see people suffering, it it will only move us to action. I know people that have no religious beliefs. And mm. I, I say this, they've never read a Bible They've never gone to church and they've never said a prayer. And they are very sensitive to helping people that are suffering. Mm. Uh, you have, you know, organizations that are dedicated to helping children that are suffering, to helping mm. people that are uh, suffering from drug and substance abuse. You have uh, organizations that even take care of animals. There's a sensitivity towards suffering. And mm. if people that don't understand the pain that people are going through Mm. on a deeper spiritual level, can take action and help to ease that, I would only expect more from Christians who completely comprehend the impact of sin um, and how much it grieves God to see his His children suffering. So I, I think that it is just part of having a little bit of a glimpse of what God suffers in seeing his children suffer, mm. that we would then want to practically do that. But I really liked that passage, and obviously because I'm looking at it through ministry eyes, and I have my <laughs> ministry filter. Um, but also I think for Christians, God is saying, don't worry that you can't minister to people because you have to provide for yourself. Mm. All I need you to do is to go and seek the kingdom of God and to mm. present the kingdom of God, and all the rest of it, I'll add on to it. Um, so be Christ-like, seek righteousness. Mm then share that, and then don't worry about the food and the clothing and everything else. I will provide for that just like I provide for the rest of creation. But mm. I just need you to seek my kingdom first. Uh, so on a ministry level, I feel that God is reminding us that, yeah, we can be a little reluctant or maybe we can be hesitant or worried about dedicating certain amounts of time to ministry because mm. we need to go work or we need mm. to go do things that provide for us physically mm. and therefore oh, I can't go out to outreach or I can't go out to visit or I can't go out to do a Bible study because it just takes up too much of my time. Yeah. I think God's reminding us that, you know what, take the time for that and I'll sort out the rest. I like what you're saying. Recently, and I didn't plan to say this, it just come into my mind as a reminder as you're speaking about this. Because uh, during our prayer meeting locally, our pastor delivered an expository explanation of the verse related to ministering to the least of these. And as you know, our pastor, he did a really good job at it. And he talked exactly what you're talking about. The idea that, you know, we put that verse out of context and throughout the whole lesson we've been doing this. Because what Jesus Christ yeah. intended, what he was trying to convey when he said those things about ministering to the least of these, he was talking about his disciples. He's saying, hey, you know, if you minister to those who I have sent forth, to do my work because I send them and I said to them, don't worry about your clothes. Don't worry about your food. Don't worry about anything. Just go ahead. Go ahead and do your job. Minister. Mm. Tell them about me. And he said, you know, those who are blessed, those who will be rewarded will be those, those when he's talking about when do we clothe them when they were naked? When do we fed them when they were hungry? When, when do we visit them in jail? He's saying it is when you actually did that to the people that I sent forth 
to do my work. Then we have oh. we have amplified this to oh yeah we have to go to the communities and and I feel that oh I'm overthrowing the whole oh. eleven episodes that we have just did. But that's what it was in the context. However, we have the blessing of Adventism, and in the book uh, Desire of Ages, Sister White does expand onto the idea. That's what it meant, actually. But also, the same we can apply to the people out there around us who do not know Christ. So it, it is applicable the way we have been applying it. But it it's also about mm-hmm. those who are ministering. And, and God promised, hey, if if Catalina and Daniel don't rise up to minister to those who are ministering, God will supply our needs. And I like what you're saying. That's what I I, I went back to that memory. That um, we don't have to. I don't have to worry about my clothing, my my food, my shelter. God will supply that. All He's asking, hey, you know, go ahead and do something. Go go ahead and minister to the needs of somebody else. And I also think about the idea that God has it all covered. I don't have to do it, but He asks us to do it because of our own benefit. When I think about He wanting me to go out there, mm-hmm. it's like you know, I could just. Not even click my fingers. I can just think about it and the whole world is there needs a met. But I need you, Daniel. I need you to go ahead because that will help you out. That will help you shape your character. That will help you mm-hmm. understand who I am. And I want you to go back to that image, to that likeness when I created Adam. And that's how he was. I want you to experience even a bit faintly blurry glimpse of that. But let me share with you a bit, of, a bit of an experience. I recall once, once upon a time when I was living in Brisbane, I was working for this government department. And one day I was asked by somebody, my boss, to make some safety briefs that were going to be delivered to the minister of that department at the time. And, and look, I never met the guy as in the minister. Never, ever, never shook his hand. I saw him by pictures in the email correspondences and newsletters they sent us. And yet I felt somehow honored, if you want to call it, to think that this man was going to read my work. Even perhaps listen to what I had to say in my report mm-hmm. about the safety aspects of that unit. And I felt that my job was of great importance just from knowing, just from knowing that I was working mm-hmm. for the most important guy of that department just below the premier of Queensland. Even though I was a very small worker within a massive organization machinery, I, I just felt like that. And so I, as I was thinking of that, I just think about this. How should I feel just at the practical level? Uh, how should I feel? How should, how should I behave based on the knowledge that I have that I am privileged to have God wanting me to mm. do some work for Him? And, you know, as I was thinking of that, I thought, oh, Daniel, maybe you should put that in your, in your professional resume, you know, working for God or something like that. And that, I think, yeah. Daniel, that's, that's really important. And I want to encourage the listeners, mm. like, I, I know people can get very discouraged because they're like, oh, but I couldn't, you know, I couldn't have a podcast. I just don't have that confidence mm-hmm. or I couldn't, you know, be a preacher. God has called us to a mm. ministry just because we mm. breathe. It's not because he has given us some supernatural gift that, you know, we're able to run an evangelistic mm. series or we're able to network with people we don't know mm. from the community God has called us to minister in so many Mm. opportunities just with our interaction with people every day. And I think sometimes when we feel that ministry or reaching out to people has to be like this specific kind of role, um, I think that's when we are limited in terms of how we can share Mm. our faith because then we think, oh, well, I don't have a podcast. I have nothing to share or no church has invited Mm. me to preach. I I have nothing to share. Like 
when we make our spirituality and sharing our faith practical mm. every day, find a way every day to witness, to be active in the ministry of mm. who you are, I think that will strengthen your faith and it will strengthen your desire to be in sure. a ministry and, and God will provide opportunities and sometimes he won't. Sometimes that's not what he has called you to. And that's okay. That doesn't mean that you're less of an Adventist or less of a Christian because you mm. don't have a, you know, a ministry, so to speak. So yeah, I would really encourage that, like you said, like wherever you are, that you have been given a ministry mm. and you've been given an opportunity to, to be a representative of mm. the gospel and, and of the God of creation. For sure. Absolutely. Now, in whatever capacity you represent Christ in the ministries, as Kathleen is saying, you know, we all have something to do. Sometimes it can get heavy. Uh, it, it doesn't matter what it is. So I would like us to speak about this idea. Let us speak about the blessing of being in ministry as well as the hardship this might bring to the emotional and physical well-being as well. Uh, let me share mm -hmm. with you a quote from, again, the book My Life Today in page 230. It says, the tender sympathies of our Savior were aroused for the fallen and suffering humanity. If you will be his followers, you must cultivate compassion and sympathy. Indifference to the human worst must be placed to lively interest in the sufferings of others. So what Sister Christ is saying, sometimes we might feel indifferent about people's suffering. And she's saying, be intentional to change that, to flip it around and to try and be interested in the suffering. And that can be done practically. So we have been called to, to be sympathetic and compassionate. And we can do all that at some point in time. And this is the thing. We can have the most consecrated of lives. You can be a prophet if you may. Mm. And a point comes when we get burned out. Have you ever come to a point that you have experienced ministry fatigue as such? If you have, how did you know you were there? Or if you haven't, how do you maintain such a strength and a stoically push through without being burnt out? Because some people said, no, I've never been. And that's guy, you know, everybody to their own. Um, I wonder if they're just burning over the burning. But um, wh what what is your experience? <laughs> I have personally never burnt out. Okay. Um, if anything, I get so overwhelmed because there's so many things I want to do. Okay. But I don't have the time. Okay. Um, if I could add, if I could add more to my list, I would, but I just don't have the time. And of recent times, I've stepped back a little bit from ministry, mm -hmm. but it has only been because God has really impressed on me that I need to spend time with my, with my girls, with my daughters. Mm -hmm. From people that I have experienced burnout, I think sometimes depending on their personality, how they deal with stress, right. how they deal with a lot of pressure. Mm -hmm. Um, I worked in an industry where, you know, we work to ridiculous deadlines we would often work you know 12 hour days leading up to mm -hmm. you know an installation or to a construction of a building um so i've always been able to manage pressure really well mm -hmm. and last minute kind of pressure because sometimes we would have to change plans overnight before construction started the next day so you just had to learn to deal with that pressure mm -hmm. so i think it depends on personality as to whether you burn out or not and it's not a bad thing and it's not something that you know you're like oh well maybe you're just not spiritual enough. Um, it really comes down to personality, I believe. And I think if you are the type of person who does burn out, then the best thing to do is to know your limits and to set your boundaries and to just really pray about, okay, there's five things that people want me to work on. God, you know, I can't handle five things. Mm -hmm. What are the things that you desire me to be 
um, involved in and investing my time in and whether it comes down to just one thing. Um, I found that usually there's, there's different personalities. There are people who will do, this is me, five things, you know, maybe give like 50, 60% to those five things. And then there's other people who will do one thing and they will give a hundred percent to right. that thing. Right. Um, and yeah, depending on the church that you're at, there's a lack of, of membership involvement and you just have to do the five things and give it 50% because otherwise certain things won't exist. Um, and then there's other churches where there's enough people to dedicate one person to each, each role or each task. So I think okay. boundaries and just knowing yourself and knowing your limit. Um, I think that that's really important. Important. And to me, it hasn't really been burnout, but I've just felt impressed that I need to invest more time in my daughters. Right. And as a result, that has had an impact on my ministry load. Um, and some people may have to do the same thing. Yes, yeah, sometimes you have to balance out your ministry load to allow time for you to spend with your family, with your spouse. Yeah. So Excellent. Um, I, I resonate with you and I, I don't perceive that I have been burnt out in the sense of being burnt out the way I know burnout is. Maybe at the clinical level, I'm clinicalizing mm-hmm. a lot sometimes. But I have been fatigued in my ministry outputs. One of the ways I have known that I have been fatigued is when I start becoming a bit careless about what I'm doing. So I'm doing it because I have to do it. I'm doing it because mm-hmm. it's, you know, you've been appointed to be the elder. You have to go out there and be in the platform and do this stuff and visit and talk to people and do, go to the meetings, go to the board, go to the whatever you do in the church. That's, that's within the church and out of the church, the same thing. One day I used to believe in this little town called Moramba in, in Queensland up north and there is no seven day Adventist church in there. And for a couple of weeks, perhaps a month, maybe, um, actually, and my, my wife, um, and my children were not there with me because they were still, she was, you know, preparing the house to sell the house in Brisbane and et cetera, et cetera. So I was there on my own. I thought, what do I do? So I started to search on the newsletters from the town. I, um, the, the local churches around and I mm-hmm. thought, well, you know, it's a good avenue to be exposed to what is around into, into town and get into, to know the people. It's a small town, so they eventually get to know you exist anyways. So I showed up to their prayer meeting on, I think it was on a Tuesday evening. And I did that for a while, even after my wife came. And eventually, you know, life kicked in and you get into a routine and you start working more and then it was longer hours. And I literally lived behind the hospital in the campus, behind the emergency department. And sometimes they will call you at ungodly hours that you're not meant to be working, whatever, you know, there's mm. something always happened. And with life and living, time goes by and you get to do a lot of things in despite of the fact that it was a smaller town. And one day I came on a Tuesday from work, maybe seven o'clock at night. I don't know. And it's about the time. No, it was early, maybe six because seven o'clock was the prayer meeting thing. And, and I went, I showered, put my pajamas. I went to bed. I kneeled down in, next to my bed to pray for a good night. And as I was praying, this flash came through my mind, like the Holy Spirit telling me, you pray a meeting. Like, I don't want to go. I, I literally wrestled with the Lord. I don't want to go. Mm. I'm like, but you're there to be a witness in this. And I don't want to go. And, and that's when I realized that I, I was get it was getting too much for me. Now, nevertheless mm. to say, I wrestled with the Spirit and I went, but I didn't want to be there. And, and God has something prepared. Maybe I'll share that mm. later on because something happened on that day. And I feel that maybe things were accumulating on that day. Um, yeah anyhow we'll not go there it was it was a blessing i i guess it was it was a great blessing unexpected Mm -hmm. 
And, and so I realized that it was getting too much for me. And that's how I personally identify when I'm getting, again, maybe not burnout, even though I say it was, but ministry fatigue. I started to be fatigued of having to do this over and over and over again. It becomes a bit meaningless. And, and maybe I'm losing the focus of, of what we're doing here. Mm. I, I don't know. So the mm-hmm. other thing, though, that I have found is that this ministry fatigue for me personally has been more prominent where my other areas of care also lack. So I have found mm-hmm. that my my ministry fatigue is directly proportional to my lack of self-care, if you want to mm. call it. You know, when I was exercising, all of a sudden, I'm not exercising that much. When I was eating well and more consciously, all of a sudden, you know, I pick up something on the road because... Um, it's just easiest as I'm driving home. When I am, um, you know, spending time with with, with Christ in the morning uh, for a longer period of time, all of a sudden it reduces, reduces, becomes just a bit of a chore and meaningless uh, at, at some level. And I realize that those aspects for me of self-care are impacted and I feel like I don't want to do anything. All I want to do is vegetate a little bit mm-hmm. at home. Mm-hmm. And to me, that's a sign, of, you know, maybe I'm getting fatigued. And so the question for me here is, and I would like to ask you this question. I mean, you already answered a part of it anyhow, but, uh, and I already mentioned one of the key, the key factor here is self-care, but can you, in terms of that idea of self-care, prophylactic treatment, which is just preventative treatment is better than having to deal with burnout. Burnout, you know, it can last for years when you really get burnt out. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. can you recommend, can you suggest avenues of self-care that you have found beneficial to you, despite of the fact that you have me now, mm-hmm. just in general, perhaps you have such a good self-care that actually that has an impact on you and, and, and your ability, apart from, of course, in conjunction with your very active personality. Uh, is there anything mm-hmm. that you personally have found beneficial for you to look after yourself as we're ministering to those in need? I think it's really hard to be able to, I mean, I think everyone is so individual. Mm-hmm. Like I said, sometimes some people deal with pressure a certain way. Some people thrive off pressure. Other people just get stressed and anxious. So I think it does come down to really individual. And I think, you know, maybe if you are at the point where you feel like you're burning out, maybe just really pray about it and just take time to think about the things that actually make you feel good, make you feel calm, make you feel rested. Um, yeah, so I think everyone has to be very individual in mm-hmm. how they approach it. And it's very hard. I think when you're in ministry, it's very hard because when you love ministry, mm-hmm. when you love service to your church mm-hmm. and to people, it's very hard to step back from that. Mm-hmm. I mean, like you were saying in the last episode, like I really enjoy going out to the thrift stores. Like you give me a week of shopping at thrift stores, mm-hmm. hence this is what happens usually when I'm in Brisbane. Mm-hmm. You can't, I don't get tired. I don't, I'm like, oh, another secondhand shop. Like, you know, <laughs> I'm like trying to work out which secondhand shop I can go to. Right. So for when it comes to ministry, I think it's very hard to try and find that, that point where you're like, okay, I've ministered enough. Mm-hmm. I've, I've served Jesus enough. So it is very hard, but I have a lot of respect. And I always tell, like when I have been at churches and pastors have taken a Sabbath off, or they've taken a Sabbath and they've gone, you know, for their Sabbath off, they've gone to the beach or they've gone away for the weekend. I always encourage them and I always affirm them on taking that time out because I do believe at some point 
we need to take that time to just disconnect mm. from even the things that we really enjoy and we really love. Mm. And it might not be because we're burning out. It may just be because we just want to be consistent in providing that opportunity to take that break, mm. whether it's for your family or whether it's for your spouse or whether it's for yourself. Um, I, I have a lot of respect and I always I always affirm my pastors when they take time off. I'm like, I'm so glad you're taking time off which they probably don't get very often because, you know, we have this idea that pastors should never rest. Mm -hmm, Um, mm -hmm. But I think that that's really a really unhealthy expectation and very unfair expectation to place Mm -hmm. on our ministers. So, yeah, sometimes taking a break. I know I've had some some weeks where I've taken a Sabbath off and I've just stayed at home. But I I do want to be very cautious in suggesting that because I know that it can become a bad cycle that you take one Sabbath off and you take another Sabbath off and then the next. And before you know it, you're not going to church anymore. So, I think if you're going to take a Sabbath off to make it like it's a once a quarter kind of thing Mm. or maybe once a month kind of thing, but not make it a, I'm going to take Sabbath off and then we'll see how I feel next week. Um, If you can be very intentional as in I'm going to take one Sabbath off a quarter. Um, But yeah, sometimes just taking time away from the ministry um, can help to, to ease the pressure and just, yeah, just to have that downtime. Mm. Excellent. Yeah, I like to read. Yeah. So when I want to disconnect from things, I tend to read a lot. Okay, um, awesome. But yeah, that doesn't happen very often. <laughs> no, that's good. It gives you more ideas of ministry, I'm sure. Yeah. <laughs> just, just a pointer there. I, I like what you said. Uh, and if we take time off, and, and that's one of my I, – I did a bit of a list, again, going back to my list, a very short list of the things that I have used that I'll share with you very quickly. But And one of them at the top actually was taking time off, which is – one of the ones that I have used in the past, I don't use it very often because I feel that um, even though I sometimes do feel fatigued, I have to be there. I have uh, maybe I have a sense of uh, responsibility that I yeah. must be there. And and I have come in, in the past many years back. I have judged people, and that tells a lot about myself. I judge people who take time off, mm-hmm. not the pastor necessarily. Just people like, hey, how come people not be here prayer meeting? Oh, because they are tired. I'm like, you know, you know how long I have been working? I'm here too. And, and it's almost as if it's just a, a begrudging thing that, uh, then you'll, you feel yeah. guilty because you cannot be like that. Your personality is such, you feel you're so responsible. Mm-hmm. You have to be there all the time. Uh, and I have learned not to be like that. I have learned also to take time off. Um, but the other thing is, let us remember also that, and you mentioned, and you know, you read and you do something. We're taking time off from the ministry for a little bit, like micro time. Take, take, take some rest, depending on how, how much you need. We're not taking time from God because there is a difference between yes. I'm not going to church on Sabbath and I just stay bludging all day uh, mm-hmm. at home and I forget my maker because the Sabbath is for us to reconnect with our maker. If you're going to the beach, if you're going to the park, if you're going to the mountain, if you're going hiking, if you're yes. walking, uh, let us speak with God and meditate and say, Lord, you know, this time is you and I and no ministry, no, nobody around. I need you to help me. I need you to reconnect because that's going, what's, what's, that's what's going to make the difference in terms of the fatigue. I also like to embrace my social supports. Um, my friends, uh, family, um, my members of my church. Uh, I enjoy doing that. That's the reason why I go and play soccer every Sunday. Um, <laughs> no, I was going to say in Vandenberg. Yeah, yeah. And we travel. I mean, for those of you who don't have a clue what we're talking about. So uh, we literally drive an hour just to go and play soccer for about 90 minutes, maybe, or maybe, no, maybe a little bit more with, with people who are like-minded from the different churches in our region. And, and that's fine. You know, that's part of my, my recharge. I like running, of course. 
And I also have done something. I haven't done it for some months. It hasn't been years. But I count my blessings in my personal journal. You know, I have a little app mm. that I utilize. And, and I, in the past, what I have done is I have written at least three good things that have happened in my day. And it's not a long thing. I'm, I'm, I don't journal like I write these stories about myself and how I feel. Some people can do that. And that's great. Actually, it's very useful. I just write three blessings that happened to me today. I was blessed by this, this and that. And I count my blessings and that helps me recharge and realize the purpose of of, of my ministries and, and how blessed I have been in those ministries as well. Yeah. Last question, Catalina, that I have for us to reflect today. What would you say to someone who is involved in ministry and they tell you, I cannot take time off or have a break because if I am away, things are not going to run and those who are in need, those who are vulnerable, won't be able to be ministered to. If I'm not there, nothing will happen. There might be elements of true. No, I'm not here to judge that part. I'm, I'm rather thinking about what do we tell somebody to say like, no, 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 I can't, I can't, I can't. What, what, what is your perception? Um, I think if they're at a point where they feel they are about to burn out, but they can't take that time off in the fear that things won't function. That's my right. first thing would That's be right. is if you burn out, those things are going, aren't going to function either. Um, so I think we have to be realistic that if you keep going in the same path that you have been, you're going to get to a point where you won't be able to do anything. Um, and it'll probably be more beneficial mm. for you to take a break now, even if nothing will function, maybe for a month. Um, but then at least you can come back to it. Yeah. I have come to the same conclusions and um, perhaps mm. more abruptly and with tougher love than the way you explain it. Yep. You, you explain it beautifully. Um, and and I think the same, you know. Bottom line is yes. you won't be able to minister to those in need yeah. if you become ill, yeah. fatigue, or or die. And a hard truth, and this is the tough love that I was talking about, a hard truth mm-hmm. is that we are all replaceable. Daniel is replaceable, and God will rise up somebody to do his work because it is his work, not Daniel's work. This podcast mm-hmm. will finish one day. Daniel will drop dead, sick, or get fatigued. I don't want to do it anymore. And uh, somebody will come. I mean, there's so many already available, and somebody else will come and do something similar, perhaps, with similar gist that God has impressed me to do. It's God's work. And let us remember that, and let us put it in his hands. Um, I, I like that. Do you have an encourager for us, some ministry around the world that might... Uh, be ministering to those in need as they feel impressed by the spirit. Yeah, I do. Um, we're going back to America, okay. United States of America. I must, I must try and add other countries Facebook pages so that I can be aware of what other countries are doing. But I seem to just always go between America and Australia. Um, so it's not a battle or a war. I'm not trying to be better than you. <laughs> <laughs> but um, today okay. we're going to Sparks. Seventh-day Adventist Church in Nevada, and they mm-hmm. just did a ministry where they collected 450 backpacks um, for children oh. in need, and they mm-hmm. gave all their donations wow. of these backpacks and these school needs to um, different organizations that are working in that area to help provide resources for children that either don't have the money for that or for whatever reason they're not able to provide for their own needs for their schooling um, equipment and stuff so wow. yeah so Sparks did that and Jinjin did something very similar to that so yeah Jinjin has done the same thing we did yeah so we've provided stationary yeah. supplies for rural um, for small rural schools so yeah and these are things that are so welcomed by the community so um, yeah 
the because there is a need. Yeah. And they are in need. Yeah. 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 Oh, thanks for sharing that. Mm -hmm. And as always, as always, you can find um, examples of these and other ideas in the Adventist Committed to Serve uh, Facebook page. So go check it out, sign in, uh, like it, follow it, comment, do whatever you need to do. But most important, most importantly, embrace some of these ideas mm -hmm. and reflect, how can I practice them? So today's weekly challenge is, again, we've been talking about this now and you might find me boring, but I have to do it because it's important for all of us to include this idea of reflecting what are we doing here. So sit down and prayerfully reflect what we talked about today. How is your downtime looking like? Are you running yourself to the ground? Because we've been talking here about doing ministry, but maybe some of you, I'm confident actually, I know that some of you are doing ministry. And are you running yourself to the point that your family, you or your ministry is suffering? Is God, is God calling you to have a break now? Um, it could be like one week, one day, so that you don't have to call it quits later. Prayfully think about it and, and execute something that God impresses you to do so that your, your ministry can be as successful as God intends it to be. And remember, it is His and He will make it to flourish. So for now, as you reflect on that, we farewell you. We look forward to next week. Catalina is our last episode next I week. Know. Of, of this series. It's, it's been a, it's been a great journey. It went so quick. Yeah. It will be the culmination of an amazing season. And yet it will be the mark of a new series on the episodes that, uh, that we will reflect in here in the Adventist Reflections podcast. So I look forward to hearing from you and your opinions and questions about what you would like us to do in the next season. In the meanwhile, I am Dr. Dancy, and today I, I choose to love God and I speak to Him and help me to make decisions in pro of His appointed mission, even for me to look after myself. How about you? Remember to subscribe to this podcast, like it, share it, Hashtag it, comment, and find us on Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, Twitter, and Tumblr as Adventist Reflections. God bless you.